again, I, I believe those are, those are very important terms in, in what we're talking about today and what we're remembering today and in what we look to for the future. Again, wisdom, faith, faithfulness, and freedom. Very important stuff. I would say that we need wisdom. We need faith. We need to be faithful in regards to wisdom and faith to have freedom that we all want and all long for. No one would deny that we as a people, dare I say Americans, we lack wisdom and surely need it. Nobody would deny that right now. Scripture reveals that it is impossible to please God without faith. So we need it in abundance. Also noting that it is by faith that we have pow the power of Christ's kingdom within us. The love, the peace, the joy, the righteousness that this world so desperately needs. And you know what? We the people of God need the faithfulness to keep the faith. We need the faithfulness to keep the faith. Why? Because it is through the wisdom, faith, and faithfulness that we come to truly understand and fully appreciate the freedom that, again, we celebrate, that we long for, that this world needs. Because I don't know that we would say that we're entirely free. Being Christian means I'm free. And we've been talking about this series of being Christian, right? We've been going through concepts and details of what it means to be discipled according to the Christian message. I had the privilege to baptize Andy a couple weeks ago, and it stands before me as the importance of when I bring a message into the pulpit, I need to say, am I making disciples of Christ as I was commanded to? Jesus said to go make disciples, and I had the privilege of telling my younger brother that the part of being a disciple is to make disciples that make disciples. You see, that's the goal. That's what Jesus wanted. He started a revolution in that first century period. What this world wants, that revolution was started 2,000 years ago. The problem is we haven't exactly been faithful in that regard. The church has been ongoing. The gospel is eternal. God is faithful in leading his church forward. However, I really do believe that Christians can become a bit more consistent in being Christian. I really do. I believe we can become a bit more faithful. We become a bit more discipled according to the message that we're supposed to be uh, discipled according to. And we can be a bit more consistent in those regards and living that out. So that was my heart in, in getting into, uh, today we're going to talk about in-house discipleship part two. Last week, I brought before you some details. I'm going to remind you of those details this morning. And I really believe this is a moment for us to highlight our discipleship and to take serious what we're doing here at Blue Point and what we want to see out there. I really do believe that this is a great moment for us to take this stuff serious. So today, 9-11, surely a day that evokes emotion. I, you know, me. I hadn't lost any family or friends in 9-11, but I'll tell you what, there's not a moment that I could read about something on the internet or I can, um, you know, hear somebody talking about it that I don't become passionate about it and it evokes emotion on my part. You know, mourn with those who mourn. So, sure, this day brings forth mourning, it brings forth fear for many people, brings forth loss. However, what we need a healthy dose of on this day is bravery and what we have. We have this is a healthy dose of bravery, faith, perseverance, and sacrifice. Those are the things we want to highlight. That we, yes, we see the fear and we see the loss and we see the mourning that is evident today. But there's other things that are very evident in our culture today. The bravery of the men that you watch, you, you talk about 9-11, we all know the bravery that needs to be highlighted that day. Lives that were lost by the brave. Faith. Faith is hard when you, you face circumstances that we talk about today. You know, when things just sometimes we, we wonder, even 15 years later, we wonder, what is going on? Do we have the faith in our country to bring forth freedom, to bring forth wisdom? Do we seem to be giving that picture to the world that America is standing for the freedoms that it has and it's, you know, we're, we're shining as a city on a hill? Do we, do we seem to be giving forth that message to the world? 
So again, I, I really do believe we need wisdom. And we need faith. Perseverance. Again, to look at the perseverance that has been highlighted by America. We, we see it. It's highlighted in this country. Persevere in the freedom that we have, though. If we, we, we're a country that was supposed to bring forth freedom, we need to make sure that we hold fast to that, to highlight that word perseverance. And again, sacrifice. We need to be a people that are broken. We learn from today. We learn from what this means. That you know, Unfortunately, there were lives that were lost. There were lives that were sacrificed in regards to the lives that were lost. And we're called to do the same. As Christians, we're called to highlight everything that that 9-11 memorial really stands for. It's our principles. We're called to be the people that will bring forth the peace because I don't know that America will always bring forth the peace that this world needs. And I don't know that that's required. I don't know that that's the job. I believe the Christians, the Christian nation, the kingdom of God is supposed to bring the peace that this world needs. So, again, there's a lot of... a lot of emotion that could surround today. I had a video I was going to show this morning, but I'll just tell you about it. Um, one of the things, there was a lot of people born on 9-11 in 2001. You know that? There was over, I think, like 3,000 children born that day. And they made a video they have of all those children saying, 9-11-2001 is my birthday. It's the day I'm proud to be born, to be born in America. And yet, think of all the things we think about when we think of 9-11-2001. So what those people were inviting us into was, Let's begin to promote something different this day. Let's make this a day of service. Again, our nation has denoted that this is Patriots Day. This is a day that we should seek to serve those in our country, to thank those that serve our country, that lay down their lives for our country. And I believe that's something we should be taking part in. So then you see that also on the calendar, it's National Grandparents Day, right? Another day to to mark out uh, sacrifice, faith, faithfulness, perseverance. I'm sure most people in the room have a grandparent that you know persevered in some regard, right? So we, we have those, you know, these examples set before us. I believe it's important to mark out these two holidays. And it truly seems God ordained that they would both highlight different aspects of what we need to grow in and what we need to appreciate. Wisdom, faith, faithfulness, and freedom. Two things that seem to stand out to me today. The scriptures say, children's children are a crown to the age. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 6. Gray hair, chapter 16, verse 31. A good person leaves an inheritance to their children's children. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 22. And my personal favorite, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 9. Only be careful and watch yourselves closely that you do not forget the things that your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart for as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. So we see grandparents are highlighted in scripture. It's clearly a reason to, to mark that out and to note that. Wisdom, faith, faithfulness, and freedom seem to remind me of my grandparents. They really do. They highlight grandparents. These are must-haves, and they're evident amongst us, right? We, I Hopefully, each one of us can say, yeah, I have wisdom, I have faith, I have faithfulness, and I have freedom. And if you don't know that yet, you'll leave here saying you do have that or you have to grow in that. These are what I, in my notes, I wrote these are must-haves. You have to have these. As a Christian, these are walking consistently, having wisdom, faith, faithfulness, and freedom. You have to have those four traits. I'm convinced as I lift up prayers for family and friends that are hurting on this day, as well as praising God for all the godly and glorious things that have come about on this day, as well as thinking about my grandparents and the grandparents amongst us, that wisdom, faith, and faithfulness are the needed ingredients to achieve that freedom. Sadly, many lack wisdom. Most have given up faith. Faithfulness seems to be a thing of the past, and no wonder we seemingly have lost freedom. So, 
Shane Claiborne, in one of his books, he has a thing where he says, we as the Christian community need new holidays. Right? We need to mark out new holidays. And that's why today I, I find it important to say Patriots Day and Grandparents Day. Because again, there's two things there that need to be celebrated. Patriots Day, the sacrifice, the perseverance, the freedom that comes with this country, remembering the lives that were lost on 15 years ago, as well as noticing the grandparents amongst us. I'm gonna mention some of you today. I'm gonna warn you ahead of time. And uh, you know, noticing the grandparents amongst us, noticing the principles that stand out in some of the grandparents amongst us, as well as our own personal grandparents. And uh, so to truly highlight those things, I think we need to highlight those things. And Shane Claiborne says that as a kingdom, we should, again, kingdoms are known by their holidays. You know, that other nations know about America because of the things we celebrate. So, you know, we know about other uh, cultures because of the things they celebrate. So what, are they, what could we say as a Christian community here on September 11th, 2016, we gathered, and what did we talk about? What did we celebrate? What kind of a holiday was this? Highlight, a holiday that highlights kingdom attributes. That's what I want, to, I want you to leave here saying. I, I went to church this morning on a holiday. You couldn't figure out what holiday it was, Patriots Day, National Grandparents Day, whatever one you want. But I want you to leave saying, you know, we celebrated kingdom attributes. We should do that every Sunday, shouldn't we? Every Sunday, kingdom attributes. So last week, I brought before you these things called king, uh, consistency principles. And what I'm doing with that is I'm challenging us that in order to be consistent Christians, we're going to have principles for the next four weeks. I'm going to bring principles that you have to live. If you're not living them, you're not being consistent. It's that simple. So in-house discipleship is supposed to be a bit tough, right? It's supposed to be, a, you know, Jesus was a bit harsh on his disciples sometimes and, and discipled them in ways that, you know, would challenge them and would say, you know, I need to be moving ahead in my, my following after him. I always think of Jesus yelling at Simon Peter. I mean, here's the guy that's so adamant about following you. Jesus turns back and calls him Satan, tells him, you know, you don't have in mind the things of God. Wow. So again, we see stern, a stern need for discipleship. And I kind of want to, for the next couple weeks, that's my goal, to be a bit more stern in regards to our discipleship. Where do we need to grow as consistent Christians? So last week, some of the consistency principles I put before you were this. We are called to, to be disciples, right, to be learners, students, and we're called to make disciples. Again, that's very clear in Matthew chapter 28. That means that we're called to be students and followers of him. We also must become bond servants because he did that, Philippians chapter 2. Remember, he left where he was to die, to come, to come down here to serve us, to help us relate to him, to help us understand his message, and to live that eternal life. He did that for us. So how much more are we just supposed to be doing that for others? Becoming bond servants serving people where they are to help them become disciples of Jesus Christ. So where are we doing that? Where are you doing that? Challenge yourself. Where am I living that in my life? Am I making disciples the way I'm supposed to? Am I living consistent in regards to spreading the gospel? Also, we are called to grow in the grace and knowledge of God. If you remember last week, I highlighted the different areas that Scripture speaks about in regards to grow, what we're called to grow in. We're called to grow in the grace and knowledge of God. We're called to grow in the word. That way we would understand our salvation. We are called to grow in righteousness in him. And this is to be done together as the church. That's another thing. If you don't find yourself doing that, growing in a church environment, you're not being consistent. It's that simple. There's a lot of renegade, lone ranger Christians out in our world. They're not being consistent in regards to the kingdom because as Ephesians chapter 4 verse, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, we'll stop there, um, says, I believe it's 14 through 18. But um, what that text says is we do this together. We grow together, jointly fit together, growing together in all things. And then going to church. Again, I'm being hard. I'm, I'm the guy that, you know, everybody says, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. It's like being, you know, uh, sitting in a garage calling yourself a car. Okay. Uh, that's, that's cute and all. That's a nice sentiment. However, 
That's not the truth. You do need to go to church because Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, very simply says, do not forsake gathering together. And yes, that was speaking to that first century generation. Do not give up gathering together as you see the day approaching. But then if you read the verse before that, it says, encourage, gather all the more, encouraging each other into good, in good works. So did that all end in the first century? Did we just give the day of the Lord came and everybody said, oh, good works, done with that. Don't have to meet anymore. So that doesn't work. Again, we see very clearly we're still called to gather, not give up our assembling together. That way we would encourage each other all the more to do good work, to go and make disciples, to bring the peace that this world needs, to grow in the grace and knowledge of God. That way we could give it to the world. So, yes, we need to go to church. You need to go to church. Going to church should be the opportunity we have to gather and grow together as the church because, again, this building is not the church. When you say going to church, you're saying, I'm going to gather with my community that's going to be jointly fit together to help me grow in the grace and knowledge of God. That's what we do here. That's, that's what we're doing. So if you're not doing that, you're not being consistent. Thank God everybody in this room is so consistent. Look at that. So, uh, again, you, you see we're here at church. That's my point. So, um, again, now I'm going to get into what I want to say for today. Right? For today. Wisdom. What is wisdom? When I think of wisdom, obviously, I think of Solomon, right? Solomon prayed, Lord, give me wisdom. He was made the wisest man in the world. Read through his wisdom. He has a lot of wisdom. There's books of Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, you know, a lot of wisdom there. I also think of the books of wisdom, right? Psalms, Proverbs, Job. Everybody forgets the book of Job is a book of wisdom. I wish they would read it as a book of wisdom. Please take that admonishment this morning. Read the book of Job as a book of wisdom, which means it's supposed to be read like Psalms or like Proverbs. Not like a real story that you're demanding all these details out of. No, it's a, it, there's a, a parable in that book that you're supposed to catch the power of. When we read the books of wisdom, what the goal of the books of wisdom is to take us from our way of thinking, right, David, picture him in his real environment, in his real world, and he's going against Saul, he's going against all these armies, very carnal, living in his kingdom, probably thinks he's the man, right, he, he's living victoriously. However, you notice the book of Psalms is him not leaning upon his own understanding, becoming a broken man before God and crying out because he knows that the only victory he'll ever have is from God. And you read through the books of wisdom, all it is is you getting out of your mind beginning to have the wisdom of God because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's wisdom. Dying to my own mind, letting go of what I think, what I know, you know, being in that garden and saying, I'm not going to eat of the tree because God said not to. That's wisdom. I'm not going to do that. I'm not interested. Even though my mind might tell me, yeah, the tree looks good. It, this guy told me it might make me wise. I'm going to go take, in, take part of that tree. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to exercise wisdom. I'm gonna, the knowledge I know is God told me not to. God's been faithful. I'm not eating of that tree. See, that's wisdom. Knowledge applied. That work, wisdom is knowledge applied. You need to understand the knowledge, and then you need to apply the knowledge. So scripture is very clear that if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, James chapter 1. So I ask to tell you this morning that if you lack wisdom, if you're leaning upon your own understanding, then you need to die to that, and you need to instead put on Christ. Put on the, renew your mind according to the word of God, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. One of the ways I used to explain it was a, I'd say I have a wise dome. You see, the goal is, my, me, I know my dome is dumb, it's big, but I want to have a wise dome, meaning I want to think like God. I want my dome to be filled with the knowledge of God. I want to be so renewed that my way of thinking is not my own way because, I, you know, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I live that way long enough. I'm going to instead have a wise dome that's going to think like Jesus, and that way I can have the life that he came to bring me into. And I'm going to think like that. I'm going to follow that. I'm going to live like that. 
That's wisdom. So there's a consistency principle in wisdom. We just have to find it. Maybe we have to say we, we need to apply our knowledge. I guess the consistency would be you have to have knowledge, you have to gain knowledge in order to use it. So if you're not gaining knowledge, you're not doing anything to actively gain knowledge, you're not using it, you're not being consistent in regards to the Christian call and Christian walk of wisdom. Make sense? We have to do that. So we have to be getting new knowledge. We have to be growing in order to be using the knowledge that we have. Next thing would be faith. Faith, we see Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, right? Faith is the evidence of things not hoped for, the evidence of things hoped for, and uh, faith is the evidence of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Chopped it up. Didn't work. Substance, there we go. Evidence, uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. All right. That's, thank you. Teamwork. Jointly fit together. Amen. So uh, that's faith. We need that, that should be our evidence. Now, my qualifying definition of faith would be exercising the knowledge of God to accomplish that which is beyond myself. You see, because without faith, I know it's, it's all about me. It's about what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do, what I'm going to gain. That's my, my way of thinking. My, when I have faith, it means my mind's been renewed, and now I'm not thinking that way. I'm thinking, no, this is God's thing. I have the knowledge of God. I'm going to act on faith. I'll give you a good example. In the Garden of Eden, right, God sets Adam and Eve up beautifully, puts them in the garden, sets them in this beautiful place, and gives them a command. Don't, you're free to eat of all the trees. You're free to do whatever you want. Enjoy this place. Don't eat of that tree over there. So what I get out of that is God says, I've given you my very best. I've set you in my presence. I've made it great for you. You're going to be happy. You're going to be satisfied. You'll enjoy this place. Don't eat of that tree. Right? So I, I sit there and I say, God told me I'll be satisfied if I listen to him and I enjoy this presence. Well, I don't know. I heard something about that tree over there that it, it could actually make me wiser. It make my experience better. So yeah, what God said, I'm going to go eat the tree. That's a lack of faith. You see? Because I, I had the knowledge. The knowledge was don't eat of the tree. I have the knowledge that everything, God gave me everything that I need. I have that knowledge, but then I begin to doubt it, and I begin to lean upon my own understanding. It's about what I think and what I can get. Lack of faith, right there. So in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, where it says I have to have a sincere faith, it means that I have to be honest in regards to not leaning upon my own understanding, not using my own knowledge in regards to things and thinking about what I can have and what I can get, but instead think about what has God given me? What is God seeking to do through me? That's when I begin to use faith. I begin to think by faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. That's interesting. So I think of faith and I say, in, in my modern understanding, it would be where I see things as maybe not satisfying, I need to understand where God wants me to be satisfied. If I see things not working according to my own understanding, and maybe, you know, I see mountains in front of me rather than the, the open valley that's going to be where I need to go, I need to say, I'm going to have faith and that mountain's going to be moved. I'm going to have faith in my God. I'm going to lean upon the knowledge of God. Again, there's a lesson for us in our modern day. You think of, you know, here in America. I hear so many people basically say, you know, America just needs to be uh, thrown away or you need to get rid of this country. There's, there's nothing. It's a lack of faith. Again, use the knowledge of God. What does God want us to do in America? It's not about what, eh, for me, you know, my best thing would be, uh, we'll just, maybe we'll just move out of America. Right? We just gave up. That's all that is. It's just giving up. No, we're called to be a people in the midst of a problem to bring about a solution. That's our call as Christians. You want to talk about having faith as Christians? We're called to say, no, we know that God will work through his people and will bring the peace that this world needs, not America, not the next new president. No, we will. The Christians will. By being people that are committed to service, being people that are committed to love, being people that are wise, being people that are faithful, 
filled with faith and free. Right? Free from demanding that a government is going to bring the peace that I need. No, thank you. So we, there's something we need to grow in regards to faith. There really is. We need to definitely figure out ways and be consistent in regards to areas that we need to not lean upon our own thinking, our own way of saying, you know, what's in it for me? What could I gain? Or, you know, how is this going to work out to the best of me? And say, how is this? How does God seek to be glorified through this? What does God want me to know about any circumstance? What does he want me to know? And then how does he want me to apply that not depending upon myself? What does God want me to know? And how does he want me to apply that not leaning upon myself? Because you know what the problem with self is, right? That if we lean upon ourselves, we know what we can accomplish. Not much. You know, right? Things are impossible with men, but not all things. Uh, nothing's impossible with God. So, again, if I lean on myself, I'm going to see what I could accomplish. That's a lack of faith. I know what I could accomplish in this world. It's not very much. I could do a little bit. I'm a hard worker. But I know with God behind me, I could do anything. That's the faith that we're called to live in. Freedom. Jesus says to his disciples, if we know him, we know his truth, we come to him and be his disciples, we will be free. Well, I'm sorry, I want to back up real quick. Faithfulness. I didn't touch on faithfulness. Faithfulness. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Really, very simply, what I get out of that is that servant was willing to have the faith to think like he was supposed to, was willing to keep the faith, and then at the end of having perseverance and endurance, he was rewarded with being faithful. You see, you've been full of faith. You, you walk the walk. You fought the good fight. Where in our lives do we need to be maybe a bit more faithful in regards to having faith? What, think about it. What, what are areas in your life that maybe you're, you're not having, applying the knowledge of God in the way that he wants you to depend on him? Instead, you may be applying the knowledge of God in a way that you're depending upon yourself. We need to repent of that. One of the things I love about Mark Batterson in that Lion Chaser series, he says that faithfulness is not holding down the fort. Faithfulness is going and chasing the 500-pound lion. You see, I could stay at home and I could just guard the tent and make sure my, my camp is okay. Or I could say, you know what, I'm going to make sure that there is no lion to come against us anymore. I'm going to go and tackle that problem. Get rid of it. See, that's faith. Faith is an, you know, an action. I actually explained this to my younger brother last night. That faith is not a noun. It's not something we have. It's something we do. You see, believing is something I, I, I believe that some things are true. You know, I have faith that Jesus Christ is the God of this world. You see, my faith means that I have knowledge of that. I know that because of the resurrection of the dead, the coming of the Lord. I know that, and I know what God will do, and my faith is in work because I live for that reality, that I seek to see. I put myself in positions where I see that knowledge, that truth applied. I find people that are not living for Christ. For some weird reason, spend time with them, and they are attracted to Jesus Christ. Not me. They are attracted to Jesus Christ. That's the goal, to put ourselves in positions to allow that knowledge of God because I believe God precedes me. So I could go to a, a, a situation, talk to somebody, and say, God's already been here doing what he needed to do within that person. That's being faithful to what I believe. Are you faithful to what you believe? Are you faith what are the things that we're called to have faith in, and are we faithful to them? I mean, there has to be a consistency principle in that somewhere. So then freedom. Again, we're called to be free. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 tells us that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Galatians chapter 4 and Galatians chapter 5 reminds us that the first century people were seeking to be made free from a physical system, according to man, right? The, the old covenant. They were seeking to be made free of that. The Gentiles seeking to be made free of their feudal minds, walking about in whatever strange heathen genealogies and philosophies that they were walking in. No, they were being made free from that. But then really what stands out to me is a lot of times our culture, we, 
we, I don't think we quite understand freedom. Most people would call themselves free and they're really not free. So the challenge for us is to really identify what does it mean to be free? I'm not held accountable to any teachings of man, right? Uh, well, I'm not uh, bound to um, any person or man. I'm not following any man. I'm free. I'm not trusting any system to lead me to God. I'm not trusting any system to give me righteousness. I'm free. Dare I say I'm not trusting a government to give me the things the kingdom of God needs to give me. I'm free because I have them in Jesus. So hopefully you see the importance of wisdom, faith, faithfulness, and freedom. In his writing to Timothy, the Apostle Paul says this, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Louise, and in your mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. So, clearly that our grandparents are called to exemplify things that the younger generation would have. Again, I read you all those verses earlier. So, for Timothy, it was his grandmother had invested enough in him. She, lived, she was faithful to the faith. She had wisdom. She had freedom that she led her, her grandson to understand. She obviously led her daughter to understand, and then her daughter blessed her grandson. So I think of my grandparents on this day. I think of my, uh, my nana. She doesn't like to be called grandma. So I, I think of her, and I say, well, uh, I know she had faith and compassion. I mean, I, and I ask myself, am I being influenced by that? Am I trying to be as compassionate as my grandmother is? Am I learning from that compassion? Am I learning from the faith that she has? Again, my grandmother's a very devout Catholic. And to, to watch her walk in faith and to not miss any Saturday Mass since probably before I was born, I'll tell you, that's, that's some faith. Also, a woman that has enough gentleness to never get a traffic ticket in her life, I'll tell you, that inspires me. as man, I need to be like that. I need to learn from my grandmother. Never got a traffic ticket in her life. You could ask me how many traffic tickets I got in the last year. So, uh... You know, I'm clearly not learning from her in that regard. So, I, I, you know, I know that what that challenges me is that I need to learn from that. That's the goal of Grandparents' Day is to remind us that we need to learn from those that came before us. Maybe they had something that we don't. And I'll tell you, if, here in America, we know that. We know that there's, we need to look back to some principles, maybe build them up, maybe build on top of them a little bit, enhance them, change them. But we need to learn from those that went before us. We really do. We really do. I think of my grandfather probably, you know, grandfathers were always just the wisest people. I, that's pretty much how I could summarize him. He's just a wise guy. He knows everything about everything. Sits in front of the TV, watches every news channel possible all in like an, a day, and knows everything that's going on in our world by the end. Um, then I think of my dad's mom, my other grandmother, her faith, her strength, her perseverance. Again, all things that I want to grow in. My grandparents have things that I want to grow in, so I don't know why our culture wouldn't elevate National Grandparents Day to say, hey, listen, figure out what you want to learn from your grandparents. Learn something. Grow in wisdom. Become a little bit more faithful. Because when I think of grandparents, that's what I think of. My grandparents were wise. My grandparents were faithful. They, they seem to have a better picture of things. Also, when I think of faith, I think of the grandparents of this church, you know, that, that also worked on the air conditioning. Um, the grandparents of this church, that during the Great Depression, they decided that we're going to build a brick church because that's cheap and that makes sense during the Great Depression, right? No, because they weren't leaning upon their own understanding. They were leaning upon the understanding of God. God is going to build his church. If you look at the beginning of the, uh, the opening of the bulletin this morning, unless it is the Lord who builds the house, the builder's work is pointless. The people that built this church had faith in God that God would move this church forward, that here in, somehow in 2016 you have a strange pastor, but you're here and you're learning the knowledge of God. They had faith that if they built this building, that would happen. 
We're literally here because of the faith of the grandparents of this church. How can we be inspired by that? To think about what we have here. How we can appreciate what we have here. This, uh, this weekend, I had the privilege to visit with Lonnie in Maryland and uh, talk with him yesterday, talking about wisdom, faith, and faithfulness. I mean, talk about it. You, you spend time around Lonnie and Marilyn, and you just listen to the conversation. You listen to Marilyn talk about her relationship, and I see faith, faithfulness, and wisdom. It, it was evident. It was right there in the, in the conversation. I was inspired listening to Marilyn talk about her love and appreciation of simple things. We went through, obviously, we had to make mention of Proverbs chapter 12, verse 10, where the righteous cares for the needs of his animals. My mother would appreciate that. Right? That's something I've learned from my grandmother. My mother got it from my grandmother. So, again, the righteous cares for the needs of their animals. These are the wisdom that we should be getting from grandparents, David. There's things we can learn from our culture, from the grandparents around us. Marilyn reminded me yesterday of Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19, the prophecy of Jesus that, behold, I will do a new thing. This morning, as I praised God for that verse, thinking about that, I thought of... Uh, how, Marilyn, you have a blessing where you have grandchildren. You have a new thing, a new thing, a new thing. You have a bunch of new things to see God really uh, create in our world. That's awesome. All of your grandchildren are, behold, God will bless you with a new thing. Amen? I often praise God for Vicki's persistence, especially the joy I have when I hear her express and talk about her grandchildren being saved. You ever get to see the smile? I've seen the smile. Talking about her. I got to witness a baptism. Better yet, when I think of Romans chapter 9, verse 13, and I think about Esau, and I think about Jacob, for some reason I always think of Vicky. <laughs> Talk about wisdom from grandparents. I always think, and you know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of my salvation, because there are those that unfortunately don't have it. You see? And, and, and Vicky reminds me to appreciate my salvation, to know what I have in Jesus Christ, and to be further emboldened to lead other people into that. I know many of us miss seeing the Hooten's grandchildren around the church, right? Singing a song, reading a verse from up front. I thought about that this morning. Isn't it beautiful when we see the faith passed on to our grandchildren, when we desire that faith to be passed on to our grandchildren? I think of the hardworking attitude that I see from George. I see the humility, the care that I see from Robin. I praise God that they have the opportunity to invest in grandchildren. Glory to God. And, of course, I think of the shillings, whether it's Thomas or Dakota. That I'm sure everybody's seen a picture, right? Everybody? Okay. Um, we know the smiles. We know the stories. You know these things. We know these details. I have the privilege of listening to and attesting to Pastor Steve's desire to see generations to, have, generations to come to have wisdom, to have faith, and to have faithfulness. Deuteronomy chapter 4, thank you, Pastor Steve, is one of my favorite passages due to listening to you preach it. Grandparents. Hmm. Well, there's so much more to say. Keep in mind the consistency principles we talked about this morning. We need to be consistent. Faith, faithfulness, wisdom, freedom. This world needs consistent Christians. They need us to be inspired to be consistent. I want to challenge you this morning. In honor of Patriots Day, a day we take pride in the wisdom, the faith, and the faithfulness of those who have diligently labored, labored here for the freedom that we enjoy in America, as well as we honor and celebrate Grandparents Day, I want to challenge you, those of you that are grandparents, to those of you that have grandparents that are around that you could go and speak with, ask them about wisdom, faith, and faithfulness. Ask them to define those terms for you. 
What does that mean? How can I grow in regards to faith, faithfulness, and wisdom? And you can know I'll be calling my grandparents and asking them that today. How can I become more faithful? How can I grow in faith? How can I become more wise? What do I need to know? And then those of you that are grandparents, I'm going to challenge you. Find time to talk to your children. Find time to talk to your grandchildren about what faith, wisdom, and faithfulness truly means. Even more, let's all leave here this morning wiser, full of faith, committed to being faithful, and free indeed. Amen? Join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for faith. Thank you, Lord, for wisdom. Thank you for giving us the spirit to be faithful, Lord. And thank you for freedom. Thank you that our freedom is not found in any institution found on this planet, Lord, but it is only found in your gospel and in you, Lord. Lead us to understand that that gospel is you, Lord. It is to have knowledge of your son whom you've sent, that we can have an eternally satisfying life if we would simply have the wisdom of that, that we would have faith in that, and that we would be faithful in that regard. Truly help us to understand and to appreciate our freedom this morning, Lord. As we leave here, and we go about seeking to bring wisdom, faith, and faithfulness into our world. Lord, we magnify your name. We thank you for all that you have given us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.